Foreign exchange trading carries a high level of risk that may not be suitable for all investors. Before you decide to trade foreign exchange, carefully consider your investment objectives, experience level, and risk tolerance. You could lose all of your initial investment. Educate yourself on the risks associated with foreign exchange trading and seek advice from an independent advisor if you have any questions. All information is solely for educational and entertainment purposes and is not trading or investment advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Hello and welcome to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast brought to you by TradingHeroes.com. My name is Hugh and before we get started, I just want to thank everyone who left a five-star review for this podcast on iTunes. I really appreciate it. And a special thanks goes out to Gavin McMaster at OptionsTradingIQ.com out there in the Cayman Islands. Uh, he left a really great uh, comment on iTunes. So Gavin, thanks a lot, man. Uh, so in this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Walter Peters. And just real quick, going back to episode six, the last episode, I interviewed Colin Jessup and he went from working in a warehouse to becoming a full-time trader to actually uh, being a fund manager now. And he's managing a multi-million dollar fund. And he attributes most of his success in Forex to Walter Peters. So I really wanted to sit down with Walter and I was lucky enough to get him for this podcast. Um, you'll find out how Walter got started, um, what kept Walter going when times were tough. And um, it, you know, it took him a little longer to become a full-time trader. So this is episode number seven. I hope you enjoy it. So how did you get started in trading? Yeah, so great question. So I started in Forex trading. Uh, I mean, you know, back in the late 90s, everybody was pretty much trading um, internet stocks, but that wasn't really trading. It was just kind of riding the bubble, right? So mm -hmm. everyone, of course, was a genius back then. So I did a little bit of that, but that wasn't really my thing. I was, um, I was, a, I was a, I did a degree as a as a psychologist. So I had a doctorate in psychology and experimental psychology, and I had a minor in statistics. So I was really into decision making in, in my, that was my field, sort of cognitive psychology or decision making. And then I landed a job, which is exactly what I wanted in San Francisco as a jury consultant. Oh. And for those people overseas, jury consultant is kind of one of those things that's restricted to the United States because of the way the legal system set up over there. Um, in the US, what happens with jury consultants is they're called in when these high stakes sort of trials come up. So let's say like Microsoft is suing Google, then both sides would have jury consultants or, you know, the OJ Simpson case was also a, was a famous one. Well, actually my boss, she worked on that case as well. So I was in this jury consulting world and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Then I got a call from my good friend Ashkan Balor and Ashkan Balor uh, had been trading for years and years. He basically had a background as a broker. He was a childhood friend and he was featured in the book called Millionaire Traders, mm -hmm. uh, uh, chapter 10 in fact, by Kathy, Le I think I have the book here, by Kathy Lien and Boris Schlossberg, mm -hmm. who uh, were, were known for being like the analysts at FXCM. Anyway, Ash convinced me to quit my job as a jury consultant, which was my dream job, right, at the mm -hmm. time, and to move from San Francisco down to Beverly Hills where he was at and to learn this Forex thing. Wow. And so we you know, I had he sent me to this class, and I had to go to this little office in the valley in L.A. and and learn forex trading. And we had to do the trading in the same office because online trading was just starting to come around in '99, 2000, around that time where you know they, these brokers like FXCM and Saxo Bank were just starting to show up. So we had online charts, but we couldn't trade online, so we had to go into this office. Mm -hmm. 
And we went into the office, we looked at the charts, and we decided when we were going to take trades and all that. And then we said, okay, we're going to buy the euro, right? So we're looking at the charts, say, okay, I'm going to buy the euro now. We'd run over to the cage, and there'd be a little old lady in the cage, and she would call Hong Kong, and she'd give us a quote on the euro, which would have a 14 pip spread. Wow. So <laughs> that's how we started trading. We started trading you know, from an office with a 14 pip spread. Now, shortly after, online trading came around, and we were able to do it from home. But um, that's basically how I got started, and I totally sucked at it. I absolutely, I absolutely, I, I mean, I can remember like it was last week. We opened up a little five thousand dollar account. We doubled it the first night, and then the next, and by you know, forty eight hours later, it was down to like five hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Wow, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. You know, we're doing a lot of that. So it was, I mean, it was crazy. It was just wild stuff. Ashkan hooked into trading with the three-minute charts and the five-minute charts because his background was in um, SOS trading, which is short order execution mm -hmm. uh, service, which is the NASDAQ thing, and he was doing that. So he's really good at sort of like scalping short-term momentum style, and I sucked at it, and I couldn't trade like Ashkan did. So my big lesson from those beginning days and really the first three years of my trading was that I had to find something that fit my personality mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's what I learned from my days with Ashcon and trading with Ashcon together was that even though he quickly figured it out and became really really good at it I was um, really poor at trying to duplicate what he did so that was sort of the first lesson for me which was just because something works for me for for Ash doesn't mean it'll work for me right mm, and that's yeah something that as traders we have to decide you know we have to define ourselves are we a, a daily chart trader are we a one minute trader are we a you know, a weekly chart trader, a momentum trader, a scalper, a trend follower. You know, what do we do best, and, and what fits our personality and our lifestyle? So that's kind of what I learned from that that phase of my trading, which was really three and a half, four years of just awful losing and blowing up accounts left, right, and center. Oh it was man, really bad. it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so did you have to go to back to work as a jury consultant, or did you just kind of get odd jobs to get by? Um, what I it was I moved to Australia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what happened was I um what happened was uh, after working with Ash and trading with Ash, he he started to hook into some money and he started trading. Uh, he actually ended up working for a hedge fund and he started doing all. It really started rolling for him. But for me, it wasn't. I wasn't really there yet. And so what I did was I actually sold all of my possessions in California mm -hmm. and, I, uh, and I moved down to Australia. I'd been down here once and I really loved it. I knew that I wanted to trade in a time zone where I could trade the London market. Um, even though I wasn't trading profitably at this stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that, you know, that the action really happened during the London market. And so if I lived in California, that meant living like a zombie because I'd be working from like 1 a.m. You know, and things like that. Yeah. So, so I moved to Cal uh, moved down here to Australia because I um, I could trade from 4 p.m., which was really that was really attractive to me because I could have my days open to go surfing or do whatever I wanted, and then at night I could trade right mm -hmm. like yeah. from 4 p.m. 5 p.m. Like basically, um, that that would give me the lifestyle I wanted because I didn't like what I had going on in California, and I convinced myself that that might make it easier as well. So I sold everything. I moved to Australia. And then I, um, and then what I did was I went to the library and I got every single book in the country in Australia on trading, and I read everything <laughs> for a year. So yeah. I was sort of like on sabbatical, you know. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like I, I holed up in a cave. Um, that's when I found FX Street, 
the website. This was back in 2003. I found FX Street, the website, um, and there wasn't really a lot on the internet. Like now, there's just the 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 web websites are you know, the web is dominated by forex sites. You get these <laughs> forex sites everywhere, right? They're yeah. everywhere. You can Google forex and you get blitzed by all this stuff. But back then, it was a little bit more difficult. So I was reading trading books and I got interlibrary loan books from every library in Australia. Like I had books coming from the other side of Australia. It was great. I had this big stack of books and <laughs> and um, and I started learning, you know what you know what's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And that's. That was sort of the the first step along the way. Of course, I was still wasn't good enough, so I did have to get a job, like you say. And I did work in Australia for a few years, mostly just to take the pressure off my trading, yeah. but also, um, you know, as an American living in Australia, it, you know, the visa issue is always a problem. So if I was, you know, as an American, it's not that easy to live down here. So you really kind of have to have your visas in order. So it also helped me to do that by getting a job. So I wasn't at that stage where I was making money consistently. Mm-hmm. So I got a job. I was getting to the point where I was a break-even trader, which was really exciting for me. Yeah. So I had a job as a break-even trader, and I thought that I was, you know, it was it was going to be right around the corner. So that's. That's kind of how um, how I progressed. I went from blowing up accounts to break-even trader, and then getting a job to take the pressure off. And then from there, uh, it it got a lot better. But it, it was it was really hard in the beginning, for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of de- dedication just to, you know, move to Australia for your trading and stuff. That's yeah. that's pretty hardcore. Um, who are the people? You said you read a lot of books. Who are the people who influenced you the most in terms of authors and educators? Yeah. You know, the one guy, I have all these books still on my shelf, the one guy that probably, that really clicked for me, because this, this came out around the time uh, when I started, you know, getting to that break-even stage was uh, Come Into My Trading Room by Dr. Alexander Elder. Okay. I thought that was a brilliant book. And mm-hmm. that's when I first saw um, a pattern that's actually still today one of my staple patterns, which is the kangaroo the kangaroo tail. He mentioned that in sort of a little text box on one page in the book. And um, I basically spent years, uh, well, I spent, spent a decade basically testing and trading that one pattern. Um, wow. So his approach to trading I thought was really cool, the way he had his journals and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I liked that pattern. So he was probably the biggest influence on me was Dr. Alexander Elder. And then I, I was really deeply into GAN stuff, but I, I jumped out of that, you know, I, I think that's a rabbit hole that's easy to jump into, this idea that, you know, you can perfectly time the markets every time. It's just, yeah. I haven't found that to be the case. So I, I jumped out of that. But probably if I had to put my finger on one, I would say I enjoyed the content at fxstreet.com and I enjoyed what uh, Dr. Elder had to say about trading. And that really helped me, I think. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Did you... uh? take any mentoring programs or anything like that or was it just kind of like gradual progression to profitability no I didn't I've I've done some um, it's interesting it's an interesting question you ask because I'm assuming that you're saying you know you're talking about um, you're talking about like trading sort of mentoring and that sort yeah of thing. yeah yeah and I have actually found that other aspects of my life, working on other aspects of my life have actually helped my trading much more than say the trading courses or the trading books that I've that I bought. So oh. for example, I have a book called The The Tao of Trading, The Tao of Trading, right? right? 
And that's all about the psychology of it. And of course, the Market Wizards books are really good as well. And there's a book in Australia called Everyday Traders by Nick Raj. There's an interview in that book that completely changed my um, completely changed my thinking. It was a forex trader because not everyone in the book's a forex trader, but there's a there's a forex trader in there, and um, and and it really turned my thinking on you know inside out. And so um, I would say that um, to sort of answer your question in a roundabout way. By working on my psychology and my thinking, mm-hmm. that was really where my trading changed. So, in other words, it's really easy for, and I get emails from traders every day, right? Mm-hmm. And and I love it. I love getting emails from traders every day. But um, but um, it's easy to focus on the wrong things in trading. There's there there's there's this idea that there's some secret systems, you know, that are really powerful and going to make you money. Or maybe that you know you're. If you do this, just like that, ex-bank trader does, you're going to make money, you know. But really, what it comes down to is working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I found. So working on my psychology. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example of what I mean because I know it's sort of nebulous the way I'm describing it. Let's say that. Um, let's say that I'm a trader. And I have a $10,000 trading account, mm-hmm. and I decide that if I could only make, if I could only make a thousand dollars every month from my trading account, I would be set. I would be so excited, right? Mm-hmm. That would really make my day, and I'd know that I could be a professional trader. Because then all I would really need is a $100,000 account, and then I could, you know, make $10,000 a month, and then I'd be, I'd be great. You know, I'd be, I'd be done. I'd, I'd be the controller of my own destiny, and I'd be—I could quit my job and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say someone else says, um, "You know what? This trading thing, um, for me, it's only really going to work out if I can double my income that I'm making from my job every month." So, let's say this person's making seven thousand dollars a month or whatever. So he's looking to make fourteen thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the mindset is, and one person has set the bar really low, so right, you know, a thousand dollars a month. The other person has set the bar much higher, saying, "I want to, I want to double my income right now, from my working life in my trading life." Mm-hmm. So the idea here is that some people are thinking in terms of just a little bit better than where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. And other people are thinking of these big goals and these big things, right? Yeah, yeah. And really what I found is by pushing yourself, if, if you really push yourself and stretch yourself, that's when the real, even if you don't make what your goal is, that's when the real gains are made, right? Mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. stretching yourself, yeah. And so psychologically, I think that's, you know, so much focus for traders on the right entry strategy, and and the right this and the right system and the right you know all, you know platform and all that when really if we look inside of ourselves that's where the real strong gains are made i believe in in my opinion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay very interesting um in, on the psychological side what are some uh, are there any kind of like uh you know like surveys or books that you can read that would give you better insight into um what would make you a good trader or somebody who is, um, you know, learning. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, the book I did write a book called Naked Forks, and there's a, there is a, in the end of the the last sort of bit of the book, it talks a bit about that. But I think 
it, you don't have to read the book to know that um, the thing that happens with traders is that you know we like I was talking about before we're we're sort of the master of our own destiny um, when people are thinking about money and people are thinking about rich people or wealth mm -hmm. that that little part of your psychology is gonna do a lot more for your trading than anything else so let me give you an example like if I'm a trader and I and I have a, a fifty thousand dollar account and every time I work that fifty thousand dollar account up to a hundred grand then I magically have a huge stock a huge trade that goes against me and I and I wipe out 30 grand or 15 grand or whatever you know it happens just like and this is a sad story but just like the woman who was abused as a child she ends up falling in these relationships with with abusive you know partners abusive husbands or boyfriends and it just keeps going on and on until she works on herself right mm -hmm. until she works on her psychology we have the same relationship with money you know if I'm walking down the street and I see some guy who, who's driving down in a Ferrari what do I think about that guy? You know, what do you think about this person when you see this guy? Are you thinking that guy's a you know filthy rich? He's dirty. He screwed people over to get that money. Or are you thinking you know that's great? He's you know he's a real go-getter. Or you know these sorts of things. These are the things I think about in terms of psychology because I know that if I think of wealth and riches and money as evil, then how am I ever going to get to that point where these things are coming towards me? You know, mm -hmm. how am I going to find these things if if it's not something that I want to do or it's something that I seek out. Like for example, I remember as a child hearing my mother always talk about those filthy rich people. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is that going to do for me when I when I'm when I'm trying to make take a trade and trying to make a, a boatload of money, you know, does that mean that I'm going to be a filthy rich person? Am I going to be a bad person if I have money? I think those sorts of things are really helpful. And that's why, you know, people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I think that the best thing that Donald Trump's children have is not the fact that Donald Trump has a huge line of credit and a lot of wealth. Mm -hmm. To me, that's not the value in having Donald Trump as a father. The real value in having Donald Trump as a father, and I don't really know much about Donald Trump. Like I haven't read his biography or anything like that. <laughs> I just know that the guy has basically gone belly up and gone bankrupt a few times. He's declared bankruptcy, and he's got it. He found a way to get it back. Mm -hmm. That to me, that mindset that I'm sure would rub off on his children is invaluable because that means that those kids know no matter what happens in my life, I can always come back. You know what I mean? It's sort of that phoenix from the ashes sort of thing. And that, that mindset is so powerful. And that's the sort of thing that I think can help traders knowing that, you know, knowing that money, the relationship with money, it's something that a trader wants. He enjoys the money or she enjoys the money. He enjoys being wealthy and, and understands the responsibilities that come with that. And that's really, to me, the important thing for traders to, to grasp is that it may not be the entry strategy. It may not be those two moving averages crossing over that we should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. It may actually be inside and in what I think about money and what it means to me when I start making boatloads of money. What is that, what is that gonna do to me? What does that mean? Does it mean I'm gonna be proud and happy or does it mean that I, I'm becoming one of those filthy rich people, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And a lot of people say that they want a lot of money and myself included. And when you really start talking to them, then, they, yeah, those little things come out like, oh, yeah, he must uh, he must be a drug dealer or something like that, you know. And yeah. uh, it, that's something you have to work on. It's really hard. Oh, it's so true. It's a, it's a never ending process. It's a never ending process. I was just listening to a guy 
uh, the other day on another podcast, and he was talking about how every day, you know, what he does he journals every day, um, and and especially when he has a failure. And this is really good for traders when you have a failure, journaling about what happened and what he learned from that. Because what it does is it helps open up his mind so that you know he can get into that point where he's you know his relationship with money is sort of patched up and that he understands that he can maximize his, his wealth earning potential because when he when he's writing down his thoughts about what happened when he has failures failures and successes right both he learns from both of them and he's constantly working on his psychology so that he can attract and maximize his earning potential yeah oh that's a good point yeah okay very cool um so i guess as we saw on the last podcast, um, we're talking about Colin Jessup, um, yeah. and he's one of your students, a very successful one at that. Um, yeah. So, when did you start teaching? Well, yeah, um, Colin. It was interesting because he—I don't know how he found me because when I first started doing this, I put a website out, I put my trading statement, and I thought people would just come to me. And say, <laughs> oh, let's you know, let's work together. Yeah. And boy, was I wrong, right? This whole internet thing is like. There's way more involved than just putting a website up and saying, you know, here, here's my statement. Do you want to learn how to trade? I don't know how Colin found me, but he, I think he heard from somebody or something. But we talked and we talked on the phone. And then the thing that struck me about him was that he was willing to put in the work. And really, that's the consistent thing I see with the traders that do really well. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because he's also one of the traders that, that's done really well that, that keeps in contact. Oh. <laughs> a lot of traders actually who do well, they just go away and you don't hear from them. Oh. And that's actually, I found out in psychology, that's a normal part of the relationship and the mentoring relationship is that in the end, in the beginning, the student just listens to the mentor and everything, you know, okay, I'll do exactly like you say and that sort of thing. Then later on, the student starts thinking, well, hang on, I think I can do that better than the mentor. <laughs> and what ends up happening, and it's, it's a natural part of the progression. The student starts thinking that the student's better than the mentor, mm -hmm. and the student sort of breaks away. And although it's as the, from the mentor's point of view, it may be easy to say, "Oh, well, that really stinks," and I can't believe that student's not listening to me and doing it this way instead of that way. No, no, no. I think that's great. I think that's 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 really like almost how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Is that the student goes away knowing that the student has so much confidence in his or her method that the student can go away on, on his own and, and do well. So, um, But Colin has kept in contact. And what struck me about Colin was that Colin back-tested the crap out of his strategies. <laughs> like he stuck it to Forex Tester. And like he said the other day, he said, you know what, I don't even, uh, like I, I, I think I shared something with him. And he said, you know what, I don't even, I said, don't do this without testing. And he said, oh, I don't, I would, don't, I don't even do that anymore. He's way too savvy to jump into a trading system and just start trading it live now. I mean, mm -hmm. he understands that he needs to go through it and pick it apart and really figure out what's going on with the trading system through through testing it in Forex Tester before he, you know, uses any sort of live account on it. So, he's very smart that way and that's really the consistent thread. All the traders that I know that have quit their jobs and are living, you know, in a tropical location or <laughs> some place that they wanted to live They've all basically have that in, in common, which is they 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 they've done the work, you know. They've done yeah. the back testing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So, um, f let's take the other side of the coin, I guess. Um, what do you see of 
people who don't succeed? What is what is a common trait? Well, <laughs> well, you know, we um, as traders, I guess I hate to say it, but as forex traders, we're part of that. We're usually coming from now, not always the case. Like you'll get some options traders or stock traders, and often they're a little bit different. But if you're coming just straight, you know, you haven't done any trading and you go straight into forex. That's usually from the get rich quick crowd. So uh -huh. we want to just jump into it and start making money, right? Yes. Yeah. We want to start accumulating that wealth. We don't think about the traps. We just jump into it straight away. And uh, we want that cash, right? We want to supercharge our account and just take off. Well, that's not, you know, it's not that sort of jackpot thing. It's, as you know, it's a job. Mm -hmm. You have to earn your pips. You have to back test. You have to look at everything. I mean, as traders, Forex traders, most Forex traders look at what can happen, how quickly an account can grow, and they don't think of other things like what's the risk of of ruin? What's mm -hmm. the risk of my account blowing up? These sorts of things that statistically we should be thinking about in terms of probabilities, but we don't. So um, I would say that usually we're we're thinking about the carrot, you know, and we're not thinking about the negative things that can happen. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that's unfortunate for us as humans and this, and this is where I think a lot of um, psychology, like pop psychology is wrong, in that what we hear people say is that humans have this fight or flight thing, right? You've mm -hmm. heard that before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we heard this fight or flight thing where, where you know, you're presented with an issue, a problem, and you're either gonna fight it or you're gonna, free, you're gonna flee and run away. Well, that's, that's, not actually, that's not actually the case. If you look in the natural world, and even with humans, Fight, although fight and flight are possibilities, that's not the most likely way of dealing with a problem. Usually when we're, when we're, we're, when we're not under, under threat, when we're stressed, when we're in a situation where we're, we don't, we're, we're presented with a problem, we don't fight or flight, although we can. What we normally do is we freeze. And as a trader, freezing is probably the worst thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I can say, I mean, I can say that my trading uh, really suffered for years and years because of this freeze thing. And it happens all the time. Like if you've ever been walking, you know, in the woods or something and then you hear a noise and you think, what, what was that? We freeze, right? Mm -hmm. And animals do the same thing. If an animal, you see like a deer or something in the woods or whatever, or a, a lizard or whatever, usually what will happen is that animal will freeze when, when it knows that you're in the vicinity. And that's the number one response that we have as mammals is we freeze. And so if you're a trader and you're using this strategy, you have a trade that's going badly against you. Instead of dumping that trade, what, which would be the, the, uh, the flight, right? If we, were to, if we were to flight from the trade, we would just dump the trade, get out of the trade. It's going against us, right? Let's mm -hmm. get out of here, hit our stop, we're done. What we generally do is we freeze, right? And we freeze, which is okay, I'll give this trade a little bit more room and I'll move my stop, right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. Okay, Me too. I don't know what's going on here. It's not going, it's not doing what it should. So I'll just freeze and I'll move my stop, give it some more room and let it and see what happens next, you know? And so you, you and what happens, of course, is you get even bigger losses. Now, yeah. the other thing you could do is you could fight it. And if you fight it, what are you doing then? Well, okay, well, it's gone against me 150 pips. Okay, I'll add another one. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of martingale thing. And so fighting it also doesn't work. The only one that really can work for us is to flight or to get away or to let it hit our stop or, or dump a losing trade. So that one 
can work for us, but we really got to focus in on that and get away from fighting or freezing, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good point. Um, maybe we can get into a little bit of your, uh, your trading method. Uh, you talked about yeah. your book, um, Naked Trading. What, naked what is Forex, that? Yeah. yeah, Naked Forex. Uh, what, is that, what does Naked Trading involve? Yeah, well, Naked, naked Forex is just about, and the, all this stuff is on my website, by the way. Like, I have webinars on FX Street, and so I give away as much as I can for free, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this stuff is all on my website, the videos and all that stuff, so, and, and the, the books as well. Um, essentially, what we're doing is we're trading off support and resistance. That's it. That's all I do is I trade off support and resistance. So, when, so, I'll, so what I'll do is I'll draw on my chart the support and resistance level, which is just simply those places on the chart where price has reversed repeatedly. That's mm -hmm. it. That's all I'm looking for. And to do that, the easiest way I found is to draw a line chart, especially when I'm in the, be you know, in the beginning stages of doing this. If it's not something that I'm used to doing, what I can do is instead of using candlesticks or bar charts, I go to a line chart which just connects the closing prices and I look for those bends in the chart. And I draw all of my zones, my support and resistance, resistance zones, on those bends in the chart. And then I wait for price to get there. And then once price gets to one of these critical levels, it's either it's got to print a pattern that's either a breakout pattern, it's going to explode outside of that support and resistance level, or it prints a reversal pattern where it's going to turn around there. And so that's it. That's all naked trading is. It's simply waiting. It's a lot of waiting, right? We're waiting for price to get to support and resistance. And then we use one of these very simple patterns, like the kangaroo tail that I talked about from the Dr. Alexander Elder book. That's mm. one of my most popular and successful um, trading setups, you know. And I, in fact, yesterday I got an email from a guy in Norway who uh, he didn't even buy my book. So this fellow at the FX Street conference in Barcelona, he won the book, right? So I gave. Whenever I go and speak, I like to give stuff away because I don't. I hate it when people try and sell me stuff, right? So <laughs> I don't. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's sort of like I try and give as much as I can for free, but when I when it starts to get into my time, you know, then I have to charge people. So basically, uh, I said. Uh, I gave him the book and he sent me an email just yesterday and he sent me a spreadsheet and he was testing these simple naked systems like the, the kangaroo tail. The kangaroo tail I talked about from Dr. Alexander Elder's book, which is one of my staples. He, he, um, he was training the Euro on his back testing software, Forex Tester, mm -hmm. and he worked up his account to a 74.9% profit just trading the Euro and just trading the daily chart and just trading like the kangaroo tail. So these things work, you know, I know they work because I've used them and I know because I've got these, this inbox full of people like Colin and this guy who are saying, wow, this is great, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, that's why I do it because I love, you know, let's face it, as a trader, it's easy to be disconnected from the world. You know, I work at about four or 5 p.m. I'll take a look at the London Open and see what's happening. And then all day long where everyone's at work, you know, I'm surfing or, hanging out. A lot of my friends are retired and in their 70s. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's true. Like, I know all of these 70-year-old surfers in my town. Like, so it's like, you know, it's easy to feel disconnected. So it's nice a way for me to connect to people by having emails and, you know, webinars and things like that where I can show people what I'm doing and they can, you know, my payment a lot of the time, 
for the people that you know getting all this stuff for free is they just say thank you so much this is awesome look at what i did you know mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. that sort of thing i got another one too actually before we got on this call today another guy wrote me and he said no more indicators no more this no more that <laughs> like i'm just gonna go naked and he's like totally excited like some guy in mexico you know it's awesome like it, it's so cool when i get these these emails so that's really to me what it's all about is just sharing the the you know sharing this opportunity that we have because 50 years ago, we couldn't do this, right? Mm -hmm. If we wanted to be a trader, we have to go to a bank or work in a pit with a bunch of ex-college football players, you know, and <laughs> things like that. It was, like, it was a hard living, but now we can, you can do it from Honolulu, I can do it from Sydney, you know, you can do it anywhere you're at. You can take these trades off your computer and you can make a living and it's just great. So this is why I love to share this stuff because it's, it's good fun and I know what it's like to struggle, I know what it's like to lose and wonder, you know, am I ever going to make it? Because I, I thought about that for years. Really, the only thing that kept me going was knowing that my friend, Ash, was was doing it and doing it well. So I knew it was possible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, what, what's the biggest attraction for you? Like, what kept you going besides your friend being able to do it? Like, was it the psychological challenge, or was it, you know, I don't what was it? Well, I suppose. For me, it was, it was. I don't know how to say this, but since since I've since since a young age, I've known that like I had in my mind that my life was going to be a certain way. You mm -hmm. know, since since I've been like eight years old, I can think back and go, you know, think back and say, you know what? Like, I, it was almost like a stepping into the future and going, you know what? I'm going to live like this. You know, and I'd see people going to work, and t even today. Like you can walk by the bus stop where people are queuing up to get on the bus and go into the city um, in Sydney where I live, and you can and there are all these faces like these people look sad. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. these people, they don't look happy. You know? And I knew from a young age. I said, you know what? I'm I'm never gonna get to that point where I'm just doing something because you know it's just the right thing to do, and I'm a zombie, and I'm just you know sleepwalking through life. I always knew that I would have a life that was one that would be, that I created, that I wanted, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so, and when I found Forex trading, when Ash turned me onto it, that's when I said, okay, that's, that's, that's it. I knew that was it. So even when I still had a job, even when I was a break-even trader, even when I was a losing trader, I knew it was possible. I read the interviews like in Market Wizards and Everyday Traders. I read these books. I knew what people were doing. I knew it was possible. I just had to get to the point where I could do it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I knew that it was And so working on my psychology was really the thing that helped me the most and, and thinking about, you know, what does it mean to be wealthy? Does it mean you're a bad person? No. What does it mean to have a big chunk of money? Does that mean that, um, that you're evil? No. You know, what does it mean to take a trade and a, and a trade pull in, you know, $50,000? Is that, is that undeserved money because you didn't work a whole year for that? No. You know, these are the things that I had to teach myself in order to get to the point where I could live the trading lifestyle I wanted. It was really focusing in on the psychology. So I guess as a psychologist and a person interested in decision making, you know, and spending, you know, five years of my life studying what, how people think, I knew that that was real important. I knew that if I could change my thinking, I could change my results, you know, mm -hmm. in trading. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what kept me going, other than the fact that, you know, one of my best friends was still making a living and doing, doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see. So I guess one question I get a lot is, um, how much money do you, do you need to get started? Or 
Yeah, I guess it depends yeah. on your system, you know, obviously, but oh, I'd just yeah. like to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, um, to be honest, I, I, I don't think, I suppose that's a difficult question to answer. I would rather, um, so for example, like if I live in Thailand, I, I could probably have a, a really nice life, you know, making a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. But if I lived in London, there's no way I could live on a thousand dollars a month. You know, so it depends on where you're at. You know, you could live in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Nicaragua, or you know, you could move to Honolulu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, there's vast differences. So it's it's hard for me to say. And and what I would what I like to say instead of you know sort of this dollar amount is I like to say, why don't you get to the point where whatever your income source is, whether it's you know. Uh, like in Australia, we have the dole, right? Which is like unemployment. <laughs> okay. and you can basically you can basically be on on it for life, right? <laughs> so, um, whatever your income is, it could be the dole, it could be your job. When you get to that point where you actually double it, and you can do that for six months. In other words, if I'm making five thousand dollars a month and I'm making ten thousand dollars a month trading, and I do that for six months, so I've made a year's worth of my salary in six months. Then I start to think about it. So I think of it in terms of your lifestyle, you mm -hmm. know. And it, it, can you can you double your working income for six months? And if, if you can do that, then I think that, uh, that that you're well on your way. But I think that that's you know that's kind of the last step. What I try and stress to the traders that I work with is that it's really sort of, sort of a three-step process. You get your system and you back test it in Forex Tester, mm -hmm. okay? And once you back test it in Forex Tester, you should triple that account. And that's just with a small amount of risk, like a 1% risk or a 1.5% risk. You, you, so what that forces you to do is take a lot of trades usually, right? Mm -hmm. So you triple your account. Then what you do is you, you take that same system that you've, you've basically decided, okay, this is for me. Then you take that system and you forward test it with a demo account. Same thing, same thing. It's just now it's going to take a little bit longer because you're in real time, right? Mm -hmm. So you triple that account then. Then what you do is you take a little tiny account. Tiny is a relative word. Tiny, to me, might be something totally different than it is to someone else. Someone's tiny account may be someone's like dream account, you know, so it depends. <laughs> but on that same tiny account, you triple it as well. So now what have you done? You've, you've tripled it in Forex Tester, so you've built your confidence up in the system. Then you've done it in real time, so you know what it's like when it's, you know, in act, unfolding in real time. So it's, it's, Forex Tester is a little bit deceptive because you can just hit the space bar and you can blow through a whole month in a couple of minutes, right? So mm -hmm. that's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit tricky. And then finally, now I'm in a real account. Real money's different to fake money, like a demo. And now I've done that. So now I can move to my real account, and now I can start looking at, you know, can I double my monthly income that I'm getting from my job? And and so to me, that's kind of the way I think that is best to approach it is to look at it in terms of steps. Just slowly getting your confidence built up because there is going to come a day when you get 10 losing trades in a row. And the question becomes, do you dump your system, scrap all the work you've done for the last couple of years and go searching for something else? Or do you stick with it because you have that confidence that you've built up over this you know, three-step process? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really how I, I try and help people is by, by, by helping them see that you know, if you really approach it like a job and you, and you take these steps, 
you'll get to that stage where you won't run through that cycle of doom, that cycle of doom where you're looking for a new system, you find the new system, you trade it for a while, you get a drawdown, you dump the new system, you look for a new system, you find a new system, you trade for a while, you dump, you know, that cycle can go on forever and ever. And indicators, in my opinion, make it real easy to get into that cycle because I can, I can trade a system with an indicator and then I can go, you know what, this doesn't work. I've been losing for three months and I can throw away that indicator and I can never look at it again on my chart. <laughs> but if I'm trading price action as a naked Forex trader, um, I'm always going to see price action on the chart. I can't get away from it. As long as I'm looking at a chart, you know, I'm going to see that price action. So that's another reason why I like naked trading is because it forces you to see the market in a certain way and you can never really get away from that. Mm -hmm. So I, hopefully that answers your question. I understand where you're coming from, but I think in terms of lifestyle, everyone's coming at it from a different, you know, point of view. So to me, it makes sense to, to make that three-step process. Oh yeah, no, that's a great answer. Um, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, yeah, it really can't be a certain dollar amount because it depends on your system, depends on your lifestyle. So yeah, 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 totally. So in terms of um, like numbers of systems, I guess people have this thing with uh, you know trading maybe two or three systems. What, what do you say to that? Well. I, it's hard for me to say, it's hard for me to say not to do that because I, I do, I do have several systems, but, but again, I've been coming at this from, you know, a point of experience. I've been doing this for, you know, 12 years now, mm -hmm. albeit, you know, not profitably for 12 years, <laughs> definitely haven't been profitable for 12 years, but I've been doing it. So what I, this is how I, this is how I tend to do it. Whenever I get an idea or someone gives me an idea or I take a, someone's idea and I tweak it, which by the way, that's another thing I learned from uh, Dr. Alexander Elder is that those traders who take something that they've learned and they make it their own, mm -hmm. those are the systems that people stick with. It's not, you know, if I say, okay, I'm going to follow Hugh's system because I know he's a great trader and I've seen his results, so I'm going to do exactly what Hugh does. It's really hard for me to do that because it might not make sense to me. It might not perfectly fit my personality. It's actually better if I take pieces of what Hugh's doing and take his system and tweak it a bit so that it makes sense for me so I stick with it over the long haul, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So generally speaking, what I'll do is I'll test it in Forex Tester. And most of the stuff that I get or I come up with, it's total junk and it just dies at that stage. And then it, I never go any further from there. But if it does make it through this three-step process where I run it through a small account, a demo account, a small account, and all that, to my live, then I'll start trading it live. So I've got over 20 different systems that I use. Oh, wow. But the important, the important thing though, from my point of view, is not that I have 20 systems, it's that I've become an expert in each one. And this is something that I try and really get through to people when they, when they first start trading, is that you really don't have to have you know, 35 different systems to trade. Mm -hmm. If you can do one thing and you can do it really well, then you're as good as a hedge fund. Because there are hedge funds out there and they do one thing. They do it extremely well. They know exactly what they're doing. They've got the probabilities down. They're like a casino. You know, they're just raking it in. And so really that's all you have to do as a trader to get over the hump and go pro. You just have to do one thing and do it well. Now, after you do that one thing for four years, maybe then you want to look for your second thing, right? Yeah. But the important thing is you don't have to. You really don't have to. You don't have to freak out because you've only got one or two trading systems. You can you can just slowly build that up over time. And that's kind of what I've done. Is once I've got to the point where you know, putting a, tr a kangaroo tail trade on, 
I don't even think about it anymore. It doesn't. I don't lose sleep over those trades anymore. You know, because I know a certain percentage are going to lose and a certain percentage are going to win. And I just let them ride out. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, with these newer systems, I have to put them through that three-step process before I can get to the point where I'm really comfortable with them. And that's what I encourage people to do: is just focus on one thing in the beginning, one time frame, one currency pair, one system, whatever it is, and get really good at that first. Yeah. Uh, I see. I see. Makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, are there, besides the testing and you know just the do, doing the trader things, are there things outside yeah. of trading that you do to, um, you know, improve yourself or improve your mental capacity or anything like that? Yeah, I think like I said, you know, the the books about, you know, the the um, the personal development books, particularly those books around the idea of money mm -hmm. and your relationship with money. Those books are all really great, and there's there's tons of really excellent ones out there. Uh, some of them are old, some of them are new, but this idea that you have to really look at yourself and you know, you know, when you were young, you know, what was your relationship with money? What was your family's relationship with money? Did they go through these boom and bust periods where you know someone someone's lived in a family where a whole bunch of money came in and all of a sudden it dried up, and then a whole bunch of money came in and things like that. And what what does what do your parents? What do you remember your parents saying about rich people? Mm -hmm. Was there a lot of envy there? You know, were rich people evil? Did they do? You know, were they like you said? Were they drug dealers? Those sorts of things. If there's a lot of trash talking in terms of wealthy people, that's something to work on, mm -hmm. and that's something to 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 really take a look at. And uh, because we don't want to get to that stage where, as a trader, we've built up this account, we've built up this lifestyle, and then all of a sudden we we lose it all or lose a, a huge chunk of it simply because the foundation, our psychological foundation is shaky. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, for me, that's one of the most critical things that I try to get through to people is, you know, your relationship with money and how you view wealth is really gonna be, it's gonna be the end result. In other words, in other words, you really, you just get what you trade for, you know? Mm -hmm. you, you, you know, if, if, if I, you know, life has a funny way of working out. Like, if I am a trader and all I can really think about is the fact that, you know, I should be able to make about $10,000 on every euro trade I, I take, well, then that's about the ceiling for me, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, that's about the amount of money I can make on every euro trade. Now, if I am a trader and I think, well, I can make, you know, $570,000 on every euro trade, well, then now all of a sudden my ceiling has changed mm -hmm. and my whole perspective has changed. So that's the kind of thing that I try and get across to, to traders, which is you, know, you define your reality. Mm -hmm. you, know, you define your reality and how you know, the amount of money you make as a trader is going to be defined, as, defined by how you view yourself and what you think you're worth. What do you think your, your time is worth sitting down and watching the charts for two hours? Is it $500? Is it $5,000? Is it $100,000? That's the kind of thing that I think people don't think about in trading. They think about the, the shiny new system. They don't think about the psychology of it. And so to me, that's really where the majority of the work should be placed. Once, once you get a system, of course, you're comfortable with, that's really where the, you know, the, that's really where the gains are going to be made. Uh, I see. I see. Okay, well, um, great stuff. Uh, is there anything you think I missed that uh, you want to talk about? No, I think oh, I think we've done a great job. I'm sorry for being so so long-winded. I just I just there's certain things I just really wanted to get out because I want people that are interested in this stuff to to hear it. Um, you know, the main thing I would say is if if you're starting out and and you're not and, and 
as a trader, you're not doing well, you're losing money like I did for four years. If that sort of thing is happening to you, um, it's important to remember that as long as you have a system that fits your personality, it'll work for you. You just got to put through the time, you know. Do the testing in Forex Tester, do the demo testing, open up a small account. For a lot of people, that idea of trading a very small account, they haven't, that hasn't even occurred to them. They just think that if they're going to trade an account, they're going to trade their, their large, full account, the only account they have. That small account thing is a really good intermediate step because it gets you used to the idea of losing or making money, even if it's only a few cents per pip. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, I would say really focus in on, once you get your system down, become an expert at that and really focus in on psychology and money management. It's, it's really the same thing. Because if, if I'm staying up at night thinking about this trade I've got on the pound, that tells me one thing, which is my position sizing is too much on that trade, <laughs> yeah. right? So, you know, that money management thing, you know, same thing, like if, if I'm in a trade and the trade made so much money, but it hasn't hit my profit target, I say, wow, this trade's made $7,000, but it hasn't hit my profit target yet. Uh, 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 if it hits my profit target, it's going to make sixteen thousand dollars. There's no way I can wait that long. I'll just I'll just take the seven thousand dollars now. Those sorts of things. That's trading psychology too. Because what have I allowed to happen there? I've allowed my ceiling, my limit, to come in and cap that winning trade. Mm -hmm. Right? That, that my winning trade has been capped by my thinking. So I would say to all the traders out there that are really working on these things, identify what works for you really hone in on it, become an expert, and then focus all your energy on trading psychology and money management because that's really the sort of the final step for most traders. And it's a never-ending process. It's something that we always have to do. So I wish everyone out there really happy trading and I thank you for all that you're doing for Traders Hugh because you've got a great website out there and it's really nice to see something like that for traders because it's, I wish I would, like I said, I wish I would have seen that uh, back in you know nine, 2000 when I was trading because there just wasn't stuff like that out there. Um, it probably would have helped me a, 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 a whole, probably would have shaved a couple years off my learning. Curve, so <laughs> really thankful for people like you out there. It's really cool what you're doing. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing all your knowledge with us. And um, if people can find you, where do they go again? Yeah, well, if they want, if they go to FXJake, it's FXJake.com. Uh, they can get the videos and the, and the books and stuff like that. There's a blog on there and I post trades. Um, and there's also a forum too where I post trades and some of my students and other people who are just, you know, have the free stuff that aren't really students, <laughs> they're posting trades too. And that's called um, nakedforexnow.com. And that's a forum. It's a free forum. You can go there and, and, uh, and just check out, you know, our trading journal and follow along and see the videos and the posts and things like that. I think... Um, I think Colin's on there too, and a couple of other traders. So yeah, so that's that's where they can go as well. So it's it's totally up to you if um, Naked Forex is something that's interesting. But if it is, um, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you very much again, and uh, it was Thanks great talking to you. Thanks, Hugh. Okay. Take bye. care.